All right, welcome to the Sons of Fantasy Football League podcast. I'm your host, the Denver Desert Dog, Matt Kozlowski. Let's make this one a quick one tonight. Christian McCaffrey just got ruled out for the evening. Therefore, uh, providing my podcast partner, Phil Bruce from the Seawolves, the Week 3 victory. Congrats on the uh, quickest uh, Week 3 victory in league history, Phil. Thank you. That's got to be a new record. Uh, I would prefer to be introduced as points leader, Philip Bruce's two wolves, but we all know that the points don't matter in this league. You got to line up, beat the opponent in front of you. They one and one in a tough spot in the group of death, but feeling good about this week. Yeah, um, we could have for about uh, 12 weeks last year called you Phil Bruce the points leader um, until the last week when it mattered, but. Yep. If you would like That's to be right. called that, I will gladly call you that for the time being until you relinquish that title. Yeah. Thank you. No problem. Um, I had something else that I was going to say to mock you, but I can't think of it right now, so I'm sure it'll come back to me. I'm sure it'll come to you. You're, you're good about it. Oh, that. that's what it was. Yeah, we haven't seen a win this quickly uh, since the year four championship game. It's been a long time. <laughs> When it, was over, when it was over in the first quarter on yeah. Sunday? Yeah, halftime of Todd Gurley's first uh, 1 o'clock game. Yeah, at that point in the season, they don't play Thursday night games. So, yeah. that was uh, that was that was the record. Yeah, um, this is now the record. And, and I do want to run some analytics on this. I can't back it up with any kind of stats. I do want to look into what your record is when you have Todd Gurley as a starter in your lineup versus when you do not have him in the history of the league. Because we have a lot of Todd Gurley talk on this podcast. I just want some numbers to use as a barometer moving forward so we all have a complete understanding of what exactly that looks like. Um, I don't know. I mean, the last two years I'd say I think I was... I don't know if I was seven and six two years ago or six and seven. Last year, I think I went nine and four without him. Oh, you went nine and four last year? It was either nine and four or eight and five. For some reason, I didn't think you did as good last year. Yeah, I I won my last five to make the playoffs. Okay. But yeah. All right. So you probably it's probably over five hundred then. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Having Todd Gurley is nice, but the one thing about Todd was he was able to stay on the field for a majority of it, which this uh, this bum McCaffrey can't say the same for him. Let's talk about McCaffrey for a second because I saw a thread in Reddit about <laughs> what you would trade for McCaffrey or what a McCaffrey owner would trade for. And he is the one player in the league that I feel like both sides – whether you're an owner or not an owner, can't come to an agreement on what his value is. Right. So there were a bunch, there were a bunch of McCaffrey owners in that thread saying <clears throat> Alvin Cook and a top tier wide receiver one is all I would think about. And then there were other owners saying Dalvin Cook, Henry, and a lower tier wide receiver one probably wouldn't even wouldn't even be what I would offer. So I, I'm I'm in the camp of the latter, that I think he's a really, really good player. I don't think he is the clear cut elite 
five point, ten point advantage every single week over the next best available running back. What say you? So week one was to me the reason why you like Christian McCaffrey as a fantasy running back. He didn't score a touchdown and he was the number one running back on the week with twenty two points or twenty two something points. And he's a great player. <laughs> yeah. I like do do not misconstrue what I'm saying. He's an unbelievable player. He should be the number one player drafted in every single league. But I think there's <clears throat> been a lot of wow, he is a godsend. He's Peterson, he's girly, but he's he's not those players. No, and the one thing that's different this year, um, it actually looks like the Panthers have a good team. Um, yep. the, in years prior, he was the only good player on the team, so he touched the ball a ton, and um, the volume was there. I don't know. I mean, Shane and I had this conversation, a kind of like had this conversation two days ago. Shane jokingly said, you know, when you're ready to sell, I'm buying. Kind of told him I'd, I'd rather set myself on fire than sell to him. Um <laughs> but you know he kind of said he doesn't want McCaffrey in the playoffs on my team doesn't want him on anyone else's team in the playoffs and I you know our league's different because of auction values um so like Dalvin Cook I don't think I would even consider for McCaffrey because the the dollar value is probably like 15 between the two of them I don't really see a lot to gain there unless Eddie were to throw money in the guy in this league that I would love to trade McCaffrey for is Chubb, um, being, I think, a $16 keeper next year. But then when you look at Chubb, it's like they're completely different players. Talent-wise, I think it's very close. Um, usage, it's it's kind of crazy that Chubb can finish top 10 with you know 75% of the usage that McCaffrey has. Yeah, I, I'm not a Chubb truther. Like I know a lot, a lot of people are. I actually think Kareem Hunt is very, very close in terms of talent to Nick Chubb, based on the film I watch, based on what I see production on the field. The film you watch, Hunt you're a clown. Very you're close clown. to what Chubb is. Um, but I, I, I agree. McCaffrey for Cook, there'd be other pieces in there. There'd be draft cash in there. I love Cook as a keeper moving forward. I wouldn't do that deal straight up. But if I'm selling, I think I, I'd probably move McCaffrey for some high upside pieces at running back. And I'm not doing it until we get closer to the trade deadline and you get to see more of a sample size for some of these young up-and-comers that – the, the, the running backs that are in rookie systems that you just you, you want to see how it all plays out and then you can make the decision on all right i'm going to sell it for one of these cheaper guys like let's see what trey sermon does in san francisco give, give him a few starts in a few weeks and then when we get to the trade deadline you can make a decision all right give me sermon and how much cash for a mechanic you're not going to do that because shane has them yeah but i i i'd be flexible with it i just don't think he is so far above that other top tier of running backs. Like you, you look at you look at what Henry does. Henry's starting to catch passes now. Mm -hmm. Like the King is now getting targets out of the backfield. Which, if that continues, he's probably the number one overall pick in next year's fantasy drafts. 
Yeah. So there's, there's just a lot of unknowns. McCaffrey has an injury history, but when he does play, he's really, really good. I just don't think he is head and shoulders so much better than every other option there is. We haven't even mentioned the guy that I traded for Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara. Yeah, uh, I have Kamara as my first pick in another league, and I'm a little worried about what this new look Saints offense is doing. But he's still a phenomenal player, and he's going to get volume, and it'll be there. You just have to be a little patient with him. Well, it's interesting to see this Carolina defense um, it may not be so much the, the Saints as much as it was Carolina last week. Yep. Feeling good. Want to get your thoughts on uh, Micah's weekly rap recap. Um, I thought he did a nice job. I appreciate having someone to fill in and uh, take some of that load off my shoulders. So um, it was good to see he had it out quicker than me. Um, trying to upstage me a little bit. Takes a shot at me as well, which is fine. Um, I think he probably made more trades with my dad than I did, but, you know, to, <laughs> to each their own. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Uh, I thought he did a great job with it. And it was enough side comments and jokes to be made at a lot of these owners that I, I feel like most – most of what he said is uh, PG humor. Like it was, it wasn't too serious and too personal. It was just enough that everybody got a chuckle out of it. I thought he did a great job with it, especially because I, I won. So it's always better winning those things and then reading it. I, I thought it was awesome. Yeah, I thought he did a nice job too. Um, should also wish a belated happy birthday to two-time reigning champion from the. Steel Curtain, Ed Mitchum. Um, he had a he had a birthday. He was going to join us tonight, but he's playing plumber this evening. Um, I guess they have a broken toilet, so we miss you, Ed. Happy birthday, buddy! Do you want to wish happy birthday to Eddie too? I think something like that is going around. I had the same thing happen at my house. I had a broken toilet. I had a plumber over. I didn't ask you that. I asked nights, if you wanted to say happy. <laughs> it was over two nights ago. He was drenched in sweat. He was here for two hours, drenched in sweat, head to toe, plunging the hell out of this thing. Never got it fixed, but $250 later, I might have a chance to work in the toilet someday. What was the culprit? Happy, happy birthday, Ed. What was the culprit? Because our toilet was making some weird noises like last year when Jonah flushed a box of crayons down the toilet. I figured it was, because it's our basement toilet, I figured it was a toy down there. He said it wasn't a toy. It was like just build up and grime that had crusted. He got a lot of it out, couldn't get all of it out, and was saying, hey, it's a little bit better. It's not completely fixed. Keep an eye on it. Okay. Well, Pay us 250 um Instead of trivia, we got some uh, home improvement comments in, so that's good. Shane probably would have had some dumb Ryder Cup trivia tonight instead of football anyway. He would have figured out some Heisman question that he hasn't been able to ask us yet. No, it would have been like, it would have been like, fellas, as we know, this weekend is the Ryder Cup. I'm looking for the duos in football that are on the same team. The top eight. One of them was a Heisman winner. (laughs) 
Then he'd probably get some way to reference Barry Bonds in there too because he loves him. And yeah, shame we have some fun with that. Yep. I'm a big Barry Bonds fan too. Best player to ever play the game. Yeah, he's uh, he's pretty good. I like I'm I have no ill will towards Barry Bonds. All right, let's start off with uh, the the Desert Dogs versus the Sea Wolves, and the five spot from Christian McCaffrey. Right now, uh, the Sea Wolves projected to win heavily, um, due to McCaffrey being out for the rest of the evening. Uh, Murray at Jacksonville gotta love that for your side. Um, Eckler and Henry, they'll get theirs. Uh, Odell Beckham announced that he's coming back. My question for you, uh, what are your thoughts and what's your confidence level on Odell Beckham first game back from the ACL? I love Beckham this season. I don't love him this weekend. It's a tough matchup against Chicago. They've got a pretty good defense. I didn't want to start Hunt against that defense either. Uh, but I have to do now that Brown's on the COVID list and God knows when he's coming back. I'm expecting around an 8 to 12 point performance out of backup this weekend. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. Um, with no Landry, he does probably become the lead target guy other than probably the slew of tight ends that Cleveland runs out there. So you have to like that. Um, there probably will still be a heavy dose of Hunt and Chubb in this matchup. Good news for you, I think, is if something were to happen, game time for OBJ, I mean, Jacoby Myers could very easily be started. Um, so I don't think you should be uh, disappointed about that. Um, Look, my, Myers, he, he gets the targets. The analytics say he's a really good player, and he gets a lot of separation. We just haven't seen production yet. And hopefully it comes at some point this season, just not through the two, first two weeks at least. I like Myers. I have him in a, a PPR league, and I started him yeah. last week. Um, you know, I like him, but I did hear on, I think, the Fantasy Footballers podcast this week, and I think I agree with them. They talked about Mac Jones is going to be probably good most of the season, but his big games are going to be probably 250 and two touchdowns. They're not going to be a team that, you know, throws it 40 times. It's not their makeup. Yep. And then you have to factor in the James White and the tight ends, and there's really not that much volume for Myers and Aguilar. Right. You're right. Um, but, yeah, I agree with your 8-12 to 12 for Beckham. Um, on the higher end, obviously, if he gets in the end zone. I, mean, I, I wish I had a safer lineup to put out there because I don't think I need a 130-point week. But my roster is just designed to be boomer bust. Like Claypool and Beckham in the wide receiver position, there's no safe floor there. Either one of those guys could put up zero points and no one would be surprised. Your safe floors, I think, are Hawkinson, Murray, and Eckler. I mean, it sounds weird to not put Henry in there if what we talked about with Henry, but... We've seen he can have some bad games, like some, some four- yeah. and five-point games. But for the most part, you know, Henry's going to get his. So, yeah, I, I agree. I think you're, I think you're I, a nice team. I, I do think it's it's weird. Henry was a top-four back drafted in every type of format this year. But I do think this is the year where he breaks out and becomes that one- or two-option going into the draft next season. I was actually he, he's, su- just, he, he's just so he's, – he's so different than everybody else. And if he starts getting targets – 
he has no ceiling. I was really surprised um, that there wasn't more conversation about him. Like, it was a very clear McCaffrey, Cook, Eckler top three. Um, kind of felt like he should have been included more, but... Yeah. It is what it is. Um, for my team, I've been burned the last two weeks on Monday night by Aaron Jones and Tyson Williams. I finally have a Monday night matchup this week with C.D. Lamb. I think C.D. Lamb, uh, to steal your term, feasts on Monday night. What say you? Normally, if this was a, an average week, I, I would completely agree with you. But because we saw Cooper have such a bad game last week, I wonder if they try and make him more of a focal point in the offense. And there's a lot of mouths to feed in that Cowboy offense. And they want to get Zeke going because Zeke has not had a good start to the season. And they need him to be humming. I, I know Pollard's picked up the slack and played great. But I think Lamb has a good week. I don't think this is his feast week. Just hoping that, you know, Monday night there can be some, some fireworks and maybe I get my Monday night miracle. For fireworks to happen, the Eagles would have to show some semblance of a pulse, and I'm not sure they're ready to do that. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the the Dallas defense looked better um, last week against the Chargers, but we'll see. Lost a lot of money on that game. You're right. Yeah, I, I had a nine-leg teaser um, that missed out because the the Chargers and uh, Cowboys can go over 47 and a half. So, that was fun. Oh. Yeah. Um, Alright, Seawolves win. You gotta agree with that. Yep. Uh, let's go although, to... Although the projections only have this 10 point difference. Yeah, McCaffrey's projection, like, they probably don't have him out. Mine will keep going down. Okay. I would imagine. Um, Got it. The projections also suck. They had me as an eighty-seven percent uh, winner at like halftime of the Monday night game, so they they don't really know what they're talking about. Um, they, I will I, I will say before I uh, went on my run on Sunday afternoon, and I thought there was a chance you and I were both going to be going to going into this game. I was going to call this uh, loser leaves town matchup in week three, which is unheard of this season in the season. It, it, it might have been in the group of death, man. You can't afford to go on three. That, that's a real thing. People called it that for a reason. We had the top four scoring teams out of the entire league, just one division last week. It's a real thing. There, there's good teams in our division. Well, I think the best team in the division is Shane. So, yep. um, I agree. Let's get to that matchup. Take your ball and go home against Nevermore. Uh, shout out to Shane. He's texting us right now talking talking ish about McCaffrey, and he was too busy to join us tonight, so I appreciate that he can take the time out of his busy schedule to uh, throw some jabs, but he can't uh, get on here and talk with us for an hour. So thanks to you, buddy. Start off with Shane's team in the matchup against Nevermore and Tyrus. Uh, Tyrus had a good showing against you last week, as you mentioned. Uh, Lamar Jackson for Shane hurt himself. 
He's the only guy that can do a cartwheel in the end zone and not get called for taunting, so good on him for that. Right now, Brandon Cooks... Stay woke. Yeah, right now, Brandon Cooks with 2.1 for Shane heading into halftime of the Houston and Carolina game. Obviously, they have uh, four touchdown AJ, which is what they're calling Aaron Jones now. Uh, Keenan Allen with a disappointing game last week against the Cowboys. Uh, should be some fireworks at Kansas City. You think there's a big game for Keenan Allen in the store? I do. I, I think it's a big Allen and Eckler week. And did, did you watch the, the Cowboys-Chargers game last week? I saw like the, maybe the end of the second half. The boys had a game at three, um, and I had to close the Little League complex down, so I didn't get home until probably six-something, but um, I did see a little bit of it. Did you get a chance to see Eckler make this ridiculous one-handed catch and then get hit helmet to helmet and barely crawl himself off the field and then he was in two drives later? No, because I, you know, I still have PTSD about head injuries and people leaving games after uh, Chris Carson was concussed five minutes into the last game of the regular season two years ago when I needed him to not score certain points and he was allowed to leave even though he couldn't say his name on the sidelines. So I'm just happy we progressed so much to the society, but NFL don't ever change. <laughs> Eckler Eckler could not do anything and was thrown back on the field. I loved it. Yeah, I agree. Big game though for Keenan Allen. Um there should be some fireworks in that Chargers Chiefs game. Let's talk about Nevermore. Um, as Cooks just gets some catches now to get up to almost seven points for a shame. Nevermore choosing to start Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback this week. I've seen some people talk about him as a top streaming option. What do you think about Bridgewater? He's been throwing the ball down the field a lot this year. I think more than anybody else through the first two weeks, which I'm surprised by. Stinks throwing him out there without Judy, but Sutton... Patrick, he's got options on offense, and the Jets are. Did you did you see the TikTok where that kid was breaking down the Jets play against the Patriots? I did. And he that. was circling everything. Oh god, that was great content. But it just shows how incompetent the Jets are. I like the Bridgewater play. I don't think he outscores Jackson, but I, I, I like it this week. Yeah, that's a that's a weird one, man. Like I thought that. Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams would be this two-headed rushing attack, and there wouldn't be a lot. You know, I, I like Judy, obviously, um, but I would not have considered Bridgewater as a streaming option. We'll see. I guess it makes sense. Um, you know, other people are talking about Daniel Jones as a streaming option this week. I think I'd rather play Teddy Two Gloves than Daniel Daniel Jones. Um, but I guess either one either one might be okay in that case. Who do you have winning? Take your ball and go home against Nevermore. Oh, just looking at these options here. T. T. Higgins um, likely to not play this week. That could get Rondell Moore into the lineup for Nevermore, which might not be a bad thing. And he should be in this lineup. Uh, he was one of the guys I had targeted in the draft. I just didn't have the capital to get him at the end. I love Rondale more and match him against the Jags. Sign me up. I think Shane pulls it out. Uh, I think Hopkins and Cooper in the flex spot is just too much of an advantage. 
It's close, though. Yeah, I think I agree. I think this game is probably closer than it looks. Kelsey should have a, a good game. Um, I'd imagine Cup should continue to play well. The running backs are a little weak. Uh, Mike Davis has looked like Mike Davis. Um, as Cordero Patterson looks like he may be becoming the guy for um, for the Falcons. So I think that's where he falls short here is he just doesn't have enough firepower to run that position. I'll take the teabaggers as well. Yeah. I mean, Cup, Cup is emerging as the guy through the first two weeks. He is Stafford's favorite target. He's looked amazing. But I, I, I agree. I, I think the teabaggers are just too too good and too deep. Let's go to the Renegades against the franchise. Renegades bounce back with a Monday Night Miracle with uh, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, coming from behind to take down Spears and Ice Cream. So Fegley sits at 1-1 one one against the 0-2 franchise. Franchise are 13-point favorites in this one. Robbie Anderson so far with a goose egg uh, for the Renegades in the first half. We have Rodgers at San Francisco. Um, there'll be some, some talk about how the Niners selected Alex Smith um, on the Sunday Night Broadcast instead of Rodgers, even though Rodgers is the California kid. Can't wait for all that talk. Uh, Zeke may not even be as good as Tony Pollard, so that, that's something to keep an eye on. want to highlight DK Metcalf at Minnesota. I feel like uh can predict a pretty good game for DK Metcalf in that one. Yeah, I, I got to agree. Russell Wilson, first half of the season, they're going to feast. And I, I think that's a, that's a high-scoring game, and Metcalf has a great game. But, man, this lineup, Drake in the RB2 slot, you don't like that. Anderson and Ruggs in the flex spots. Man, this is it's tough. And $25 Brandon Ayuk on the bench. Can't blame him. Yeah, can't, he can't is blame not. Him. He has not lived up to any of the preseason hype. Nope, sure hasn't. All right, let's go over to the franchise side. Got Josh Allen and, and Stephon Diggs against Washington. Daryl Henderson, have to keep an eye on him. He may not play this week. If so, that would probably put Javante Williams or Michael Carter in the RB2 spot for the franchise. Um, who do you want to talk about? Or Patterson. Or Patterson, I forgot he forgot he added Patterson, so he does have some options at running back. That's turning into what what could be a decent running back room uh, yep. for the franchise, looking to get out of the zero and two hole here. Let's talk about Jamar Chase. He had the the good first week. Uh, I don't think he did as much last week, and he's got Pittsburgh Sunday. Um, I think Chase could have a good game here. Uh, I think Pittsburgh may be able to be had through the air, especially with that banged-up defense right now. Yeah, I agree. And I think this game is going to be a lot closer than previous Bengals-Steelers games have been. I like him this week. I, I, I think he finishes somewhere in between his week one and week two performance, probably around 15 points. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what happens with this Steelers season. Um, the vibes are not good right now around Pittsburgh. It's brutal. Uh, you, you go out and you beat a really good Buffalo team on the road. And you got some pretty fluke plays to do it, but you did it. 
and then whatever the hell last week was, they couldn't stop them. They couldn't move the ball. Had a lot of penalties. But I will say, Harris still looks like the real deal. Yeah, it's just they can't. They're not even like getting him out there effectively. You know, like it's ten. They're carries. not. It doesn't feel like they're utilizing him right. Ten carries, nine of them shotgun runs. It's been well documented on this podcast. Um, I don't know. It, it doesn't feel like they're trying to do anything differently than they did last year, which is frustrating. Yeah. But yeah, I like Chase this week. Um, I think the Bengals will just continue to get better as the year goes on, and offensively, they should be able to compete. Um, they're they're a better team than I think people are giving them credit for at the start of the season. I'll take Great. the I'll take the franchise to knock off the Renegades and get themselves the one and two. Yeah, give me the franchise, and I don't think this one's closed. All right, Mad Dogs versus Ice Cream. Pretty good matchup, uh, one sixteen to one fifteen in the projections right now between the Mad Dogs and Ice Cream. Obviously, got Mahomes and Devontae and Calvin Ridley leading the attack. Um, I like the Sterling Shepard play this week. Um, I think he's still probably the receiver to own in New York. Depending on McCaffrey's injury, the Mad Dogs get a little bit of a boost with Chuba Hubbard. Um, Let's see. Does Devontae Adams get his, I believe, first touchdown of the season, if I'm not mistaken? Yes, he does not have a touchdown. Does Adams get his first touchdown of the season this week, Sunday night at San Francisco? Yes, I I, I think he does. And it's been a weird season for the Packers. What what a weird start. And they're they're a a three-and-a-half-point dog at, at the Niners. Probably deservedly so. There's going to be a lot of public money on the Packers, which... Leads you to believe the Niners are there to win this game, but I think Adams gets in the end zone. Yeah, I think Rodgers will want to get want to get Adams in the end zone. He's not going to want his top target to not have a touchdown through three games. Um, firmly believe that Aaron Jones got four touchdowns last week because Jamal Williams came out about how the Packers broke up with him and uh, Rodgers, being the spiteful sob that he is, wanted to let Jamal Williams know why they broke up with Jamal Williams. So. Um, you know, he's a, he's a narrative guy when he's out there playing. I think he's going to want Devontae to have a big game this week. You don't sound spiteful at all. Nope, not a bit. Uh, Team Ice Cream on the Spears side. Spears was pretty tight uh, about losing last week because one of Rogers' four touchdowns was one of those uh, shotgun drop the ball in front of you as the receiver comes in front. Um, basically a handoff that they're kept calling passes now because... The play happens in front. Uh, Jacobs is questionable. We'll have to keep an eye on that for Spears this week. I think Lat Murray's starting to solidify himself, and uh, Jalen Waddle and Juju have shown that they can be playable, so he's got some options there. Let's talk about Julio, though. Julio against the Colts looked pretty good last week. Um, just barely missed out on a touchdown with his back heel uh, by a half inch falling out of bounds. Uh, what do you think about Julio? He, surprisingly, I, I think he looked good last week, and I wasn't necessarily expecting him to have a great season. I wasn't expecting much above 
you know, mid-tier wide receiver two for Julio. You, you don't see a lot of these guys later in their career that go into a new offense that do well. Um, but he would be the exception. And I do like him rest of the season. I don't know how it's going to shake out with A.J. Brown and what that looks like, but I think he's a solid option. I think Julio and the, the Titans passing attack have a pretty good week against the Colts. Pretty banged up in the secondary. Uh, they've shown that they they can bleed out a little bit there. So I think it's a, I don't want to call it a get healthy healthy week for the Titans because I think they put up 33 points last week. But um, I think Tannehill has a better game this week than he's had in two prior. Who do you have winning? Mad Dogs versus Ice Cream. This is a big one. Mad Dogs sit at 2-0. Uh, wrapping up the, the first series of divisional matchups. Um, this is going to be a tight one, I think. Yeah, I like, I like the Ice Cream, but it's it's very, very close. And it's, it's just the, the running back difference between Kamara, Sanders, and then... Even have a Jacobs out there, I, I just like their running backs a little bit more. Yeah, I think uh, that Minnesota Seattle game, having Russ, Justin Jefferson, and Thielen, I think that's going to be the difference maker here. Um, I'm not necessarily sold on what Harris is going to do against New Orleans. I think Hilaire has really struggled. Um, so I think it's the running backs that swing this one for me as well. And I'll take ice cream and a tight one. All right, let's go to the Steel Curtain against the Bull Weevils. Right now, Steel Curtain projected to win by about uh, four points. Got Jalen Hurts Monday night against Dallas. James Robinson, David Montgomery, Godwin, Mike Williams. Mike Williams has looked great. Um, what are we going to talk about with, uh, Eddie's team? Godwin against the Rams. Let's talk about Godwin against the Rams. Um, you know, you obviously have Jalen Ramsey on the Rams side. I don't know if he'll be on Evans or kind of moving around in that star position that he plays for the Rams. I think Godwin is the top receiver to own on Tampa. But I don't think that necessarily means Ramsey shadows him. What kind of a game do you think Godwin has in this one? Well, Brown being out boosts his stock big time. Not that Brown had a big week last week. It's just one less mouth of pain in that offense. I like Godwin for 70 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, I think that's probably safe. I, I don't see him getting over 100 yards. Um, but he has gotten quite a few red zone targets already this season. Um, Brady has that look about him like, you know, he wants to do something crazy this year in terms of passing touchdowns. Um, I think he just wants to maybe make a run at the touchdown record. I don't know. Uh, with that extra game, he may feel like it's in play. So I think... Goblin scoring is a good bet. I just don't think he gets to 100 yards. So I like your uh, I like your projection of 70 and um, 70 and a score. Let's go to the Bull Weevil side. 
1-1 Bull Weevils getting the big 78-75 win last week over sure. You gotta love when you can put up 78 in fantasy and win. Uh, Tyler, gotta beat the team in front of him. What? Gotta beat the team in front of you. He did. Matchup league. He did. He did do that. Um, Tyreek Hill had a poor game last week. I'd imagine that doesn't happen two weeks in a row. Tony Pollard right now in the flex two spot for the Bull Weevils. What are your thoughts on Tony Pollard? Um, is he startable? I know you like to often uh, mock people that start handcuffs. Is he a startable handcuff? Man, he he has looked so good, hasn't he? Every, every opportunity he's gotten, it's like the Cowboys just keep giving it to Zeke because they don't want to face defeat on a first-round pick from a few years ago. Pollard's just looked amazing. I, I, I think he is startable. Uh, I don't know, man. Like I, I do think most weeks. Just don't know. Philadelphia. I don't know if you. I still not. I'm not sure if you get them through the ground or through the air. Um, maybe maybe Pollard's able to catch some screen passes. He, I, I agree. He definitely looks better than Zeke. Um, everything just looks faster when Pollard's in there, like he shot out of a cannon. Um. On Bulls team, I would say. He probably is startable. I'd have to give a look at James White. Yeah. Um, just because I feel like White's a fairly safe 8 to 10 points. Um, which from your flex two this early in the season, I think is something that you're probably looking for. I do want to also highlight the quarterback change for the Bull Weevils. I like the Derek Carr move over Baker Mayfield. I think uh, the Vegas Raiders are a passing attack, especially with the running back room kind of banged up right now. So I do like that move as well for Bull. I agree with that, uh, especially with Mayfield against the Bears. It's a good sit. I like Carr this week. All right, I think this is a tight game as well. Um, Dalvin Cook looks like he should play. He, he banged up his ankle last week. Um, what do you think about the curtain and the weevils? Oh man, yeah, this is tight. This is tight. I don't love Hardman in the flex two spot. I I, I just don't. I think Pollard's a better play. Oh, that could be Sony Michelle if Henderson ends up not playing. <clears throat> yep. Yeah, uh, I love Harris. Don't love Gaskin. I like the wide receivers over on Bowl. I, I think it's Bowl, but it's very close. I think I'm going to take Bowl too. I don't love it. I don't love picking against Eddie. I don't think anyone would have predicted him being 0 and 3 um, to start the season. But I just like the matchups on the Bowl side a little better. Um, but that being said. Cook could have an awesome game. Um, Hertz could have a great game on Monday night. Could be enough to get to get Eddie home. But you know James Robinson too. That's alarming right now. That that whole situation in Jacksonville. So I'll take the Weevils. All right, game of the week this week and uh, projections right now are one twenty one to one nineteen in favor of the flock over Abuseman Park. 
part of that due to the fact that DJ Moore already has 14 points at halftime for the flock. Uh, six for 100 in the first half. He's been just running wide open all game. Uh, we'll start off with the flock. And he's got Herbert at Kansas City. We talked a little bit about that. I'm sure Jonathan Taylor will get going. Gibson's a little banged up right now. Lockett's obviously been a huge benefactor of um, the Russell Wilson first half of the season thing that you talked about. He has some good bench options, too, with Marquise Brown, Corey Davis, and Zach Paschal. Right now he has Devin Singletary in the flex, too. Of those guys, who would you run out there in your flex two spot this week? I like Singletary uh, at or at, at home against Washington football team. I think Singletary's got a few more good weeks in him, and this is going to go the Bills' way. So I, I like throwing Singletary out there. All right, I'll have to disagree. Uh, I don't think I'm ready to play Corey Davis. Um, because I know he had a good week one, but it was a bad last week, and that receiver room's kind of banged up, and Zach Wilson looks like he's a disaster. Don't know if I could play Pascal um, due to the fact that I don't know who's playing quarterback for the Colts. I'm, I'm waiting to see Kenny Galladay break out before I go there. No, I've made fun of this guy on the podcast before in the past, but I think I'd play Hollywood Brown in the flex. He's looked really good um, despite... You know, not having an actual quarterback to throw him the ball. Uh, <laughs> um, Marquise Brown has looked outstanding. Um, he looks strong. He looks quick. He's running different routes, not just the, the straight fly route. So I think I'd like uh, Marquise against a Detroit team that I believe can be had through the air, even though Lamar Jackson would be the one throwing the ball. Yeah. I mean, Hollywood had a similar start to the season, what was it, two years ago, three years yeah. ago, when he came out really hot. But he just, he, we mentioned it before, he doesn't have a quarterback throwing the football. He, he's, he's got a running back tossing it to him, and I think it'll get to the point where it's like in similar seasons, it's just a, a boomer bust play, and the boom isn't nearly as high as what you need to justify playing him. Six for 69 and a touchdown in the first week when Lamar looked really bad throwing the ball. Uh, last week, six for 113 in a score with 10 targets. So he's got 16 targets in two weeks. Um, I think I think we'd have to run him out there until he until he shows that he doesn't do that. He's clearly the, the top target in that offense. I think he's overtaken Mark Andrews as such. Yeah, I mean, it's a great start. It's tough to not play him. But I, I just like the floor of Singletary better than the floor of Brown, which is zero. Yeah, that that's very true. There's a goose egg floor there. Then we get over to Scher's team. Uh, disappointing 75-point effort last week. He's got Dak Monday night against Philly. Gotta love that. Chubb and Mixon have been outstanding. Saquon, I mean, that's that's been the issue right now. Uh, he's got Cortland Sutton in there this week after the big game last week. Devonta Smith, he did not score last week, as you are well aware from our touchdown <laughs> parlay. None, none of our players did. No, it was a bad week. Uh, who do we want to talk about? Uh, Robert Woods. Let's talk about Robert Woods. You've said that you feel like Cup has become the clear number one of Stafford. 
Um, so far, Woods caught a late touchdown in the first game against the Bears. He did get nine targets last week, but only caught five of them for 64 yards. Um, is that more of what we're going to see from Woods, or do you expect him to get better as the year goes on? I do think everything is going to even out in that Rams offense eventually. Woods is still a really good player. And if Cup even continues on his current trajectory, then defenses are going to have to adjust, and that will open things up for Woods. So I, I think over the rest of the season, Woods becomes a better play than what we see in the first two weeks. Nine targets is probably a little high, but at five to seven, eight maybe, rest of the season I think is a, is a good floor for him. Yeah, this Tampa Rams game is going to be interesting. The Rams beat them last year. They were able to get pressure on Brady throughout the game. It was really the probably the last week that Tampa looked bad before they went on their run for the end of the season and obviously a Super Bowl title. Um, so I don't know if that will look similar this year. Uh, the Rams are a little banged up on the D-line this year. So maybe there's more attention on Donald um, and they're not able to do so much. I think he's... You know, I think you still have to probably like Tampa in this one. They're a slight favorite. Um, I believe it is a home game, though, for the Rams. Um, I don't know. I think Woods, I think Woods probably has like a 75-yard game. Um, and then it'll come down to, obviously, just like it usually does if, if he gets in the end zone or not. Follow-up question yep. for Schur's team. Um, I think I, I think it's probably one of the better teams in the league, probably top three or four. Um, you know, I think ESPN has them as the the top rated team on the final standings projections. Are Woods, Cortland Sutton, Deontay Johnson, Devonta Smith are those receivers good enough to have sure there at the end, or is he missing something? I mean, his running backs are so good. Uh, between Barkley, Mixon, and Chubb, that you got to give somewhere. I don't love those receivers, but I think it's good enough to compete and make a run. I think I would agree with you. The fact that he has Waller at tight end helps elevate the floor of those receivers as well. Um, so yeah, it's it's a good team. I, I think they are probably good enough. I think some separation will happen. Right now, they're all kind of bunched there, and he'll by the end of the year, he'll know which guys to to play week in and week out. Who do you have winning the game of the week between the park and the flock? Flock also looking to get to three now. Give me the flock because of DJ Moore's performance, and I, I I do think Taylor and Gibson show more signs of life than what they have through the first two weeks. So give me the flock. I think I'll take the flock, too. I like a lot of the matchups on that side. I do think this is the highest scoring game of the week. Um, both teams will probably put up good efforts. I mean, if there's a week for Saquon to get healthy, it's against Atlanta. Um, you know, Devonta should should have a better game against Dallas. So I do like some, some matchups on uh, the park side. I just, I really like this flock team. I think it's a good squad. All right, well, that gets us through uh, the week three preview. Anything else that you would like to add for this week's podcast, Phil? I would just add that the group of death 
has lived up to the preseason hype. I, I mean, the lowest scoring team in there has 226. That's Tyrus. You've got 228. I've got 282. Shane has 271. These other divisions have teams scoring in 150, 170, 190. It's lived up to the hype, and it's tough, and there's going to be teams in our division that are selling that are really good teams when it comes to the trade deadline just because of how tough the division is. Could be me. Who knows? Some players may be on the move after next week. We'll see. Yeah. I I am willing to bet that those players will not be going to Shane Ryan. I There's a lot of things I'd rather do um, in my life than trade players to you guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. But... I will take the best offer. So if you're willing to pay the price, you can uh, receive the spoils. You you know I've got heavy bags over here. Don't take a trade without talking to me. Oh, I will definitely make sure I talk to everyone in the league. I'm not making the first deal that comes to me. Can't be the guy beating the drum constantly to take offers from every team and not do the same. So... Um, we'll see. Just send me, send me over what's available and I will give you the best offer and <laughs> you will probably take an offer from someone else that's not as good. Maybe. We'll see. All right. Well, I hope, uh, hope everyone has a great week three. Mine's off to a riveting start. Very excited about, uh, what's in store. Better news though. The St. Louis Cardinals, 12 in a row, big weekend series against the Cubs. Uh, after sweeping the Brewers for four straight, uh, don't let what the media tells you about football uh, mistake the fact that it is still baseball season. Oh, God. Oh, um, God. I'll start with that. And now I have more of a reason to watch the Ryder Cup this weekend instead of watching my godforsaken team struggle, <laughs> to, get, struggle to get to 80 points. So, uh, thank you for joining me tonight. You got it, buddy. This was fun. Yep, and um, we will talk to you for week four. Good luck to all of you in week three. Welcome to the Sons of Fantasy Football League podcast. I'm your host and commish, the Denver Desert Dog, Matt Kozlowski, joining me to talk week four in the SOFFL. We have from the Seawolves, Phil Bruce. How's it going, Phil? Doing great, Cause. Doing great, Shane. Thanks for having me on. It's going to be a great podcast tonight. Looking forward to it. I guess you're still a points leader, Seawolves, too. I have to, I have to throw that out there. That, that That's correct. Points leader through week, week three, which is a uh, you know, pretty big sample size. Three <laughs> games into the fantasy season. Happy to happy to have that and own it. And uh, he, he spoiled it, joining Shane from Take Your Ball and Go Home. The 3-0... and Best team in the league. Take your ball and go home. Oh, it's great to be here, Matt. Uh, it's good to be back. Good to be uh, back on top of the standings where uh, where the teabaggers belong. So excited to see what's coming the rest of the season. So far, there's only been one crippling injury this evening, and it hasn't been a desert dog, so that's a good thing. Um, DJ Chark with the fractured ankle. So Phil, you'll be you'll be in the market for a bench wide receiver this week, I'd imagine. Oh, 
Ooh, fracture doesn't that doesn't sound like you can walk it off. <laughs> no. No, that sounds like an IR stint. Alright, uh before we get into trivia, let's quickly talk about the trade that happened yesterday. Uh Nevermore acquiring Jalen Hurts from the Steel Curtain for ten dollars of twenty twenty two draft cash. Um, I will let you guys open up your thoughts on that trade. Good, so. I don't know what to make out of the Eagles this year. Not a big fan of Jalen Hurts. Thought he had some upside coming into this season. I've seen enough in three games to say, hey, he has back-end QB1 stats through three weeks. I don't like his outlook rest of the year. I don't like the Eagles at all. I have no idea what the strategy of that team is. But that can also translate to okay fantasy games. Uh, just not on my team, and I don't think he's worth a flyer, let alone $10. Yeah, so it was pretty clear. I mean, after looking at the trade, it was pretty clear before this that Nevermore needs a quarterback. Um I think this could go this could go really good or really bad for them. I mean, it's only ten dollars, so I, I guess you can't say really bad. It's not going to kill them, but I mean, we we don't see a whole lot of trades for quarterbacks in our league, especially mid level ones. Um, but but just watching Hurts play, I think I don't know. I think it was you, Paz, that said it. That this guy is not a very good football quarterback, but has potential to be a good fantasy quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Eagles just look like a pretty bad team. And he looks like he has to do a lot, and he's not really good enough to do it. So I feel like there's going to be some some really good weeks out of him, and there's going to be some some clunkers thrown in there where he, he's just not a very good quarterback in, in NFL standards. Um, so you're going to deal with some turnovers, but there's a lot of run potential and, and a lot of playing from behind potential, I feel like, out of him. So that translated into fantasy sports. Fantasy points. Yeah, it's not. I don't think it's a great trade. He probably could have got him for about five bucks instead of ten. Um, but I've always been a proponent of buying early, especially when you have players like Cup and Kelsey. That if things go south south in the next couple of weeks, you can get your full money for those guys. Um. So with that being said, I understand taking the the risk now, um, and seeing. You know, if you can find some juice here in the next couple of weeks, now that he's not playing in the group of death and we're moving into the crossover matchups, um, I don't know. Uh, Hurts, I told Spears, he reminds me of like the mid two thousands Oregon quarterbacks. That if there's guys running, you know, crossing routes across the field wide open, he's gonna have a good game. But if he has to actually like make some big time throws, it's not gonna happen. Um, there's some athletic potential there. I want to say he has a high floor, but with minus three for interceptions, I think that that brings the floor down a little bit. Um, I think he had negative points over halfway through that game on Monday night. So, it, does it? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. They don't have much behind him, but like, it feels like he's a candidate to lose his job at some point during the year. <laughs> well, Minshew, uh, Minshew's definitely in play. Um, yeah. And that doesn't even like Deshaun Watson could be on that team in a week, and he hasn't been suspended yet. 
So I'm not sure Deshaun Watson plays this year, but I'm not sure he's not allowed to play either. So uh, the Dolphins and Eagles, I think we could see something happen here in the next couple weeks with Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Um, And it's not even necessarily hurts his fault either. I mean, Devonta Smith and, and Jalen Rager look like tiny human beings on the field. Um, I actually think Quez Watkins might be their best receiver. Um, he seems to make make plays happen every week, and if they're not going to run the ball, that's not going to help Hurts either. So there's a lot a lot of bad with the Eagles right now, as I think we all know from watching that uh, that Monday night game. But good move by Eddie. Gets himself some extra jet cash, so he actually has. You know, if he wants to make a run on some players, he actually now has $60 that he can trade out being in the plus 10. So I thought that was a nice move. He probably was going to be dropping Hurts in the next couple of weeks just with how well Stafford has been playing. So to get 10 bucks for a player that would have been available in the waiver wire in a week or two is a good move on his part. Yeah, for sure. All right. Got some trivia for us. I do. Got, I got a bunch of trivia for you guys tonight. Um... As you guys know, the Ryder Cup was last weekend. <laughs> um, Sergio Garcia and John Rahm. DJ J- Dustin Johnson and Colin Morikawa combined to make two formidable duos over the last weekend. I'm looking for the duos in the NFL. No, I'm just kidding. I can't, I can't get through that. I was listening to the pod last week. <laughs> heard you guys. heard you guys making fun of me. Um, figured I'd have a Ryder Cup question for you, but now I I don't have any Ryder Cup uh, themed trivia for you guys tonight. But that was a good guess, though, on our part, right? Good guess. <laughs> it was. Did have some late breaking news that just happened today, though, that inspired one of tonight's trivia questions, and we're going to lead off with that one. Um, one of my favorite players, and and a topic of conversation last year for us. LaShawn Shady McCoy has retired from the NFL. Um, Shady McCoy finishes now with 89 career touchdown touchdowns. There are only 12 players on an active NFL roster that have more or that have more than 60 career touchdowns. Only one has more than LaShawn McCoy. I'm looking for those 12 players. All right, go, go over the, the criteria again. For so I'm, I'm looking for the 12 active NFL players. They are on an active NFL roster right now. So Todd Gurley's not an answer, and neither is So Todd Gurley is not an answer. <laughs> he is not on an active NFL roster. No, nor is Frank Gore. Nor is Frank Gore. Or Larry Fitzgerald. Or Larry Fitzgerald. <laughs> but there are 12 that have a minimum of 60 touchdowns. Long for those 12 guys. I'll be happy to lead us off with uh, my tight end, Rob Gronkowski. He is the only one with more than Shady McCoy at 91. Great pickup by you, by the way. Didn't, Didn't go mentioned, but... I think we all slept on that. Didn't realize Gronk took off a year of football, and maybe that's why he wasn't that great last year. Yeah. 
Um, that guy is just incredible. Yeah, he dropped the pass in the end zone last week, though, so we're mad at him right now. <laughs> All right, Phil, let's speed this up. Uh, you, have to get, hold on. you have to get your first one. All right, Tony Gonzalez. Um, he, he is not on an active NFL roster, so you're terrible. Oh, God. Oh, no, Travis Kelsey. <laughs> um, Travis Kelsey's not on this list, so you are wrong again. Travis Kelsey has 53 touchdowns. Five for seventeenth uh, active. You are really bad at this game. <laughs> well, I was trying. To, I was trying to think, and you're, you're making me say an answer. So I'm, that's what I'm going to give you. <laughs> All right. So um, I, I'm, I'm drawing some blanks right now, but a name that popped in my head. No, speed it up. Jimmy Graham. So Jimmy Graham's number three on this list. He has 82 career touchdowns. trying to think of running backs that have had the longevity. I'm, I'm, I'm out. I, I got nothing. Cause if you want to stick the needle in deep here, you already got the win, but if you want to stick the needle in deep, go ahead. I'll give you the floor. Um, this, this is kind of tough. I will say, um, I got to think Julio has 60 touchdowns. Julio Jones has 61 touchdowns, so he is right there at the threshold, tied for 10th on this list. Okay. Um, Phil mentioned running backs. Man, that's... Definitely tough to think of some running backs. Thinking of some older guys that... I keep yeah. reason for every question here, but I don't even know what it is. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure either. Um, well, I mean, I thought you guys were going to do a lot better with this. This is this is a wasn't a easy, but it wasn't that tough. But you're saying you can't think about running backs. We only got to hear about him every goddamn week. How good he is. Yeah, I was um, going to say Derrick Henry, but I didn't know if he had sixty. King Henry has sixty-one touchdowns. Okay. I can't believe he has that many. He feels like he's only been in the league four years. Just can't score to cash a parlay for us, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> there is only one other running back on this list, so you guys are correct in struggling to find running backs. Yeah, and I was going to say... Le- no, I'm sorry, there, I'm sorry, there's two other, two more, two more running backs. McCaffrey has to be on there. McCaffrey doesn't even have 50, so he is not on this list. Um... There are two other ones. How about Melvin Gordon? Melvin Gordon is 59. <laughs> so he, he's coming up. Coming okay. up on this list. Who the hell are the running backs? Lev Bell was the other one that came to mind. No way. So he's not on this list. Okay. He's only played three full seasons. He doesn't even have 50. And then A.J. Green was another name, name that came to mind. Adriel Jeremiah Green is fifth on this list with 66 career touchdowns. Okay. I'll, uh, I'll speed this up because since we have another question, try to we'll go with the running backs here, get him out of the way. Uh, Mr. Alvin Kamara oh, has wow. 61 touchdowns. That's a pretty good start to his career. I can't believe that. gets in the end zone an awful lot. And then 
Old man Ingram, Mark Ingram has 73 touchdowns. Wow. Pretty uh, pretty solid career, pretty quietly. Um, feel a little disappointed in you. Number two on this list is uh, on your team. Maybe. Um, one of the best receivers ever in football. Maybe you've heard of him, Antonio Brown. Uh, 85 career touchdowns. Um, player on your favorite team, Kaz. Scored last week on a deep ball, Mr. Deshaun um, Jackson, 65 touchdowns. That, that. Long teabag stalwart, still kicking. Tom's one of Tom's favorite targets, Mike Evans, 64 tar- touchdowns. Um, and then, arguably the two best receivers in the league, uh, Devontae Adams and DeAndre Hopkins, both have 63 touchdowns. So, wow. That was bad. Tony Gonzalez not on the list though. Tony Gonzalez did just missed this I, list. I don't know why I missed <laughs> it. But I met Travis Kelsey. Right, well, let's, speed this, let's speed this up. Maybe we can get through this one a little quicker. Um, so tonight's matchup obviously got me excited. Um, two former quarterbacks that participated in the national championship of college football. There are five other quarterbacks in the league currently starting that played in a national championship game and there are four more who are not starting but are on an active roster that played in a national championship football game NCAA Division 1 I'm not sure I wasn't sure about Wentz so don't say Wentz but so I'm going to start off I want the five names first of the guys that played in the national championship game and are currently I'm sorry, there's four. I'm sorry, I, I messed it up. There's four that are currently a starter, and there's five that are currently not. Give me Trevor Lawrence. Uh, all right, so Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow are obviously the two in tonight's game. I meant, I meant that question. I meant to say that at the start of the question. I'm looking for the, the other ones not playing in tonight's game. Give me Justin Fields. So Justin Fields is correct. Jalen Hurts. It's the new starting quarterback for the Bears. Jalen Hurts is correct. Second quarterback for the Eagles. Uh, Tua Taloba. So he is on the IR. So he would be one that is not currently a starting quarterback. Okay. Uh, you guys can just name all nine if you want. <laughs> <clears throat> Mac Jones? Or Mac Jones, currently a starting quarterback. The New England Patriots. There's going to be some good names on this list. I can't wait. Hmm. There are some, there are a couple of good ones. And it it's, doesn't matter if it was pre-playoff or post-playoff, does it? It does not. Hmm. I don't think Kyler got to the championship. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll just do a name on the list. I can't think of a starter right now. Give me uh, quick hands, quick cash, Deshaun Watson. That is correct. Deshaun Watson is on the list, not starting currently, but 
did play for the national title and won one. Jay Boo. Jay Boo is the other name as a current starter. James Winston. Winston. And then these last three are some pretty, pretty tough names. They're just on a roster. um, They're on a roster. um, Two of them, I believe, won the national title. One of them won it twice, back to back. Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota did not play for the national title. Oh, really? I thought they played Florida State that year. They lost in the semis to Florida State. Okay. Well, A.J. McCarron's on a roster. I think. A.J. McCarron is on a roster. He won back-to-back national titles. He's the only one to ever win back-to-back. Um... These last two are pretty pretty tough. Uh, can, can you give us the years that they played in the title? Mm. Let's see here. I'm sorry, Marcus Mariota is on the list. That's an oversight by me, Kaz. <laughs> they did. They won that game. Okay. It's an oversight by me. I I missed that one. That was 2014. You are correct. Um. So one of them played in 2017. Bill. Mm. And the other one played in... him in college Mr. Colt McCoy still kicking it around in the NFL I believe he is the backup to uh, Kyler Murray right now yeah I think you're right and the other one 2017 guy was a Georgia guy Jake Fromm oh yeah was was the quarterback opposite <laughs> of Jalen Hurts in that title game I can't believe they're both playing in the league All right, good, good, uh, good questions, Shane. Well done. I guess uh, now <clears throat> we should get into the week four matchups. We'll start off with a loser leaves town match: Renegades versus Desert Dogs. Uh, Renegades Zach Moss with back-to-back double-digit efforts and is now an RB two, sitting at running back twenty-two for the season. Do you guys trust Zach Moss? I don't trust anyone in the Bills' backfield. Um, I don't know what the hell's going to happen there week to week. I don't think anyone does. Um, Could be 20 points, could be two for any of them. Could be a late game, late scratch. (laughs) Um, It's just, I don't know. Don't trust anyone in the Bills' backfield. Not even going to venture a guess on who it's going to be going forward, if anyone. 
I mean, what what makes him an RB two? Because he is like RB twenty four overall, or because Begley has him in the RB two slot on his team? Because he, he's twenty two overall. It's it's you always you always say that if they're top twenty four. You always call him an RB two. I mean, that's what the, <clears throat> that's what the numbers mean. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, I had zero trust in Zach Moss moving forward. As weird as it is to say, I am going to try and sell high and see if there's any kind of trade value there. Well, I think he has a good game this week against Houston. Um, so I trust him this week, and I think I trust him the most out of all the Bills running backs, but <clears throat> it's not great. Um, probably a low-end flex uh, for most teams, in my opinion. Uh, Desert Dog's question is Allen Robinson trash? Just keep it real simple. No, <laughs> no, Allen Robinson's not trash. Um, his quarterback play is. Um, they just don't have <clears throat> a quarterback on the roster. Um, I, <laughs> he's clearly shown in the, in the past few seasons that he's. Low end RB one or low end wide receiver one. Um, he just doesn't have the quarterback play to, to make it worth your while right now. Um, I mean that, that's that's kind of the bottom line. He, he's a great player on a really bad team with bad quarterback play, and that, that's obviously going to bring his value way down. Phil Fields can show he's competent, or something happens there, then. You're just going to struggle to get production. I'm going to answer this question in two separate ways. One, I'll answer it at face value. Is Allen Robinson trash? He is not. I think he's had some injuries. He's still a good player and a serviceable wide receiver in the NFL. The way I want to answer this question is, is Allen Robinson rosterable? Meaning, for the first three weeks, <clears throat> Allen Robinson has not finished any higher than wide receiver 46. And I saw that tweet, had to get my glasses, put them on, and reread it a few times to make sure that I was reading something that was factually correct. And it is. I think he's a good wide receiver. In fantasy, he is waiver wire fodder. And just has been terrible. I don't see what is going to change about the quarterback situation there. He's got who he's got. And if you keep him on your team and you bench him and he has that one good week in week six and week seven, and you want to put him back in the lineup and then he sucks for another three or four weeks, it's the worst kind of fantasy asset you you can get. There's no floor there. He has upside. No idea when that's going to happen. I'll be bidding five or six dollars for him on the waiver wire in week eight. I have a hard time believing if you owned Allen Robinson, you would drop him. I think you're being a dick. But I'm just I'm, I'm just looking fine. at the numbers. Hey, I, I thought it was a good buy after the draft. Now what I'm seeing in this season raises ten or eleven red flags. Yeah, I, and so there's I have a couple thoughts. Um <laughs> He was really good with Mitch Trubisky at quarterback. I'm starting to think Mitch Trubisky might be the best quarterback in the NFL. The fact that he was able to take Matt Nagy to a playoff game. 
I, I'm he couldn't even think, start at North Carolina. Yeah, and I'm thinking uh, he might be right behind Mahomes. The fact that he took that coach to a playoff game. Um, I, I don't understand how they could possibly be worse than... How Dalton and uh, Fields could possibly be worse than Trubisky was. That team needs a new coach like yesterday. So, I'm hoping things get better. I won't be dropping him because that would be asinine. And we're just going to hope that things improve. <laughs> Who wins this loser leaves town match between the Renegades and the Dogs? Yeah, you're you're right. This is this is definitely a, a loser leaves town. I think, um, especially after Fegley gets his third or fourth point one loss last week. <laughs> um, that was absolutely brutal. Oh man. Gotta like Tom against New England Sunday night, huh? Yeah, we feel Gotta like Tom and Tom and Gronk. We feel good about that. Um, revenge game. Not loving all the matchups on the Desert Dogs side. Don't know all of the players in the Desert Dogs lineup. So probably. Hmm. Desert Dogs aren't going on for it. Give me the dogs. Man, this is the part part of the season schedule where I, I really circled. Week four, this is when Group of Death finally gets to branch out and play play some other of these teams. Guys, you know how to tug at the heartstrings. You know I love a good loser leaves town matchup. It, it just it gets me. You get all, everything on the line coming in. You know, normally I don't see it in week four, but here we are. I do think that it is only 11 o'clock on this Cinderella Desert Dog team. Old Yeller is staying out in front of the house. No need to take her out back. Give me the dogs this week to show some life. Uh, There's one quarterback in fantasy football that loves to screw me over constantly, and that's Aaron Rodgers. Five touchdown game incoming. Renegades win. Dogs sell after week four. Nevermore versus Ice Cream. This isn't quite a loser leaves town. I'm branding this a loser rents a bedroom on the outskirts of town match between Tyrus and Spears. Uh, we'll start off with Tyrus's team. Is Cooper Cup the best receiver in football? Um, Not named Devontae no. Adams. <laughs> I think Devontae Adams is the best receiver in football. Um, but... Clearly, clearly, Cup and Stafford um, hang out a lot. Yeah, they play. They play. <laughs> they play Call of Duty together. They definitely, yeah, they play Call of Duty together. They they do a lot of lot of lot of weird shit together. <laughs> um, there's there's a a good kinship there, I guess you could say. Um, loves them, and Cup is obviously going to be maybe possibly the steal of the draft. Um, Looking like going to be a wide receiver one year out of him for sure. Um, so I mean, as far as fancy purposes, I gotta believe he's top. He's certainly in the top five. Um, and then I don't see a change in Russell Way. I, I, I think you'll see teams adjust and move some pieces around. Up until the beginning of the season, a lot of defenses were thinking it was going to be a lot more of a balanced offense. 
Woods was as, as much of a threat as Cup, and, and that's how we approach the season. I think when we get back to the second half of the season, he won't put up nearly the top-end wide receiver one numbers that we're seeing. I think he's still going to be a wide receiver one rest of the way. He just won't be that elite tier. Then we'll go back to the DeAndres and Devontae's. I think he finishes top five. Um, yeah, he's not the best. Devontae's the best. Um, but I really like what I've seen from Cup so far. And uh, definitely a huge acquisition from Nevermore. I know I, I talked about uh, him being able to trade him and Kelsey, but it'd be a hard, hard press not to think about keeping both of those guys as well. So um, I like what I see from Cup so far. Let's go to the ice cream. Miles Sanders, two carries in last week's uh, Monday night game. I'm not sure how in 2021 you can possibly give your running back only two carries in a game. Uh, Got to think he's going to get force-fed against the Chiefs on Sunday. Do you guys like Sanders to bounce back this week? No. <laughs> don't. <laughs> I, I don't. Um... Clearly, I think it'll be better than last week. Can't be any worse. Um, but I, I don't see the Eagles leading a whole lot in this game. I don't, so I don't, therefore, I don't see a whole lot of carries coming his way. Um, if he's going to do it, it's going to have to probably be through the air. Um, so, yeah, I I don't see a huge bounce back game, but I, I, I can see him getting to close to double digits. I think the Chiefs are the only other team that will give their running back two carries, but they're they're normally winning when when they do that, and they just throw the ball all the time and don't give Ceh any work. I'm I'm out on Sanders. I I traded for him at the deadline last year. There's just too much inconsistency. The weeks that he's serviceable is when he breaks off a seventy yard touchdown run, which he tends to do from time to time. Again, I don't know what's going on with the Seagulls' offense. I don't want any piece of it, and I don't think Sanders bounces back this weekend. Um, I think he gets a heavy dose of work. Um, there's no way that that let coaching staff is going to sit there and say, you know, we, we're going to do this again. I think he touches the ball 15-plus times, definitely gets over double-digit points, and it is a decent play this week um, and probably gives Spears just what he needs in this matchup. I'll take the ice cream over Nevermore in this matchup. Yeah, I'll take uh, I'll take the ice cream as well. I think it's uh, a pretty substantial victory as well. Fifteen points. Ice cream still have a really good team. Give me those guys this week. All right, Weevils versus Franchise, another one-and-two matchup. Also not a loser leaves town, but the loser will become Tyrus or Troy's roommate on the outskirts of town after this one, sharing that one-bedroom studio apartment. Uh, We'll go with the Weevils first. Who do you like in his flex two? Tony Pollard or Cole Beasley? Man, Carolina defenses look pretty good. So far, through three games, um, easily coming off a, a huge, pretty huge outing last week as far as just getting pounded the rock. 
Um, not sure that he's going to need to be used as much this week, but I think I'm going to go just for this week, Beasley. Um, still like Pollard's prospects moving forward. Give me Beasley and that offense. He's, I mean, take the tight ends out of it. He's right behind Diggs and targets this season. I know there's Sanders there, but I, I think Beasley's going to get the volume and has a higher floor, which is what I'm looking for out of that position. Give me Beasley. Um, I, this is tough. Carolina's defense has looked good. They've played no good teams though yet this year. Um, they did lose some somebody in their secondary last week. Their uh, rookie cornerback J.C. Horn. I think the Cowboys throw the ball to beat Carolina this week, which uh, leads me to go with Beasley as the play here in this one rather than Pollard, um, just because I don't think there's going to be much work for uh, the running backs in this Dallas Carolina matchup, and Beasley can probably catch. Five or six balls, and maybe one of them's in the end zone. Has a decent game for bowl. Speaking of Bills wide receivers, not quite as disappointing as Allen Robinson's been this year, but Stephon Diggs hasn't necessarily been great either. Um, when do you guys think Stephon Diggs' big game will come? Um, this week. <clears throat> He's been getting peppered with targets so far. It just hasn't hasn't led to the huge production that he had last year. But, I mean, Allen still clearly realizes he has to get him the ball, and he's trying to, um, you know, pencil me in for, for a 100-yard game and a, and a tutter for, for Diggs this week. Yeah, I love Diggs the rest of the season, and, and I think some of those targets will translate into more fantasy production up stretch. He's a wide receiver, one every week moving forward. Yeah, it is probably this week against Houston. Um, they should be able to do whatever they want. If it's not this week, it's definitely next week at Kansas City um, in what should be a shootout uh, between those two teams. Who do you guys have winning the matchup right now between franchise and the Bull Weevils? Currently, the franchise has five points with... Jamar Chase and Marvin Jones approaching halftime. He'd obviously like to see more uh, from those two guys. But uh, this one looks like it's going to be pretty even. Yeah, going to be pretty tight. Um, going to need more production from Chase and Jones, clearly, in this in the second half here. Don't want to get two clunkers on a Thursday night game, but I think I'm going to go Allen and Diggs do just enough to win it for the franchise. I don't know if you guys are paying attention, but the teams that are winning the quarterback matchups are winning around 65 to 70% of the time in our matchups so far this year. And I, I can't do it. I can't do it with Derek Carr. I'm out. Give me Josh Allen. Allen to Diggs. They run away with this one. I think the Desert Dogs have won the QB matchup all three weeks this year. Just uh, so we are the thirty-five to thirty percent that you're talking about, I guess. But I'll take Correct. the franchise as well. I'm out of witty uh, names for matchups. This this one's just a flat-out slobber knocker. 
these guys don't necessarily love each other. Curtain versus Wolves. Um, start off with the Steel Curtain. Will Chris Godwin be Tom Brady's top scoring pass catcher in week four? I'm going to say no. He will not. I think it's going to be... Give me... Oof. Give me Antonio Brown. Man, I'd love that. And Brown's going to find his way into this lineup. All right. You have something you want to add? No, go ahead. Uh, give me Gronk this week. I think this is a New England he might not even play. revenge game. Brady to Gronk. Lock it in. I Two tutties. Mike Evans, I think. Uh, you know, If you're going to pick Brady's top scoring pass catcher, you pitch, pick the guy that's most likely to catch a touchdown. And in my opinion, that's Mike Evans. Um, just because I don't think Gronk, Gronk might not even play this week. Yeah. Um, that's why I didn't go Gronk. Yeah. He got that was a big hit he took last week. It was, it was. But if he can find his way out there, you know he's gonna want to spike on Billy B. Um, yeah. So if he's out there and playing, he'll be in my lineup. But we're hopeful. Let's go to the Wolves. Talking about Chase Claypool. Are Claypool and the Pittsburgh wide receivers ceilings capped because of their poor quarterback play? Yes. Yes, uh, Ben has not aged very well. He's clearly old and not the same player that he used to be. Um, And they don't have much of a downfield threat in the passing game because of it. Because of it, so I mean, their their production is very limited. They get they gotta catch a lot of short routes and. Just not not going to bode well in the uh, in the fantasy realm. So, absolutely, Ben hasn't played well, but it's not because of just poor quarterback play. It, the, the offensive line at Pittsburgh is a serious serious issue. They can't get anything going on the ground and protect him. He's got no time to throw. It's ugly. So their ceiling's capped, but for a different reason other than for quarterback play. He hasn't played well, but I don't think any quarterback in that offense is going to succeed. And these wide receivers are going to get hurt as a result of that. It's definitely alarming uh, to see all those targets, Juju, Deontay, Claypool, not be able to really get going. Whether it be quarterback play, I mean, the throws haven't been great, but it is obviously the fact that He's not the mobile quarterback he used to be, so if he's under pressure, he's more like Joe Flacco now. You know, he's just kind of standing there getting teed off on. Um, I definitely would not want to own any of the Pittsburgh receivers right now. It's not great, so I have to agree with you guys there. Man, I guess I'm going to have to go live on the pod here and call out the Wolves for bending the system here with Antonio Brown in the IR slot while he's healthy. I'm, I'm gonna make a drive. I haven't I haven't touched my team a week. Where's the commissioner? Up? Well, he's got an Where's empty. The commissioner? He's got an empty. Baba Kaz is the one that polices that. <laughs> 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 
I've been I've been known to bend that rule a few times, so I can't I can't be mad. Hey, it is what it is. Um, All right, I'll drop somebody right now. Having Jeremy Nichols <laughs> on my my bench, I don't think it's really gonna do all that much. Right now, Steel Curtain, uh, big favorites, probably due to the fact that there's no quarterback in the Steel Curtain uh, lineup. I'm thinking he'll put Stafford in before the games on Sunday to make this a little, a little closer. Who do you guys have winning this matchup? Two pretty good teams. Yeah, two pretty good teams here. <clears throat> I have the Curtain winning this one in a close one. Give me the Wolves, and it's very close, especially with James Robinson having a good first half. Um, so this this game, in my opinion, comes down to whether or not Dalvin Cook plays. If Dalvin Cook's out there and he can go in for Mecole Hardman, then I like the curtain. Um, if Cook doesn't play and he's forced to play Hardman and Michelle in the flex spots, then I like the Wolves better just because of those two flex positions. So um, I'll give an if-then. If Cook, then Curtin. If not, then Wolves. Mad Dogs versus Park. Uh, right before I was about to take him in the draft, Mad Dogs threw out Chuba Hubbard for a dollar and were able to get Chuba Hubbard with McCaffrey out this week. Um, what do you think Hubbard does against a resurgent Dallas defense? Oh, we got a little taste of it last week. Um, and it looked like they were, they were willing to keep him involved as, as kind of the, like McCaffrey, like he just replaced him. Like it was, it was, just stepping in and kind of taking over for him. Didn't seem like they were scared of uh, giving him the looks. I mean, he got, I think like, was it 14 or 15 touches or something last week? Um, that being said, I'm not positive that this Dallas defense is as good as everyone thinks. I mean, I think it had a lot more to do with the Eagles offense being bad. Um, give me Hubbard for like a, a 10 point showing this week. Yeah, I have him as a 13-point showing. I think he has 100 all-purpose yards, 60 on the ground, 40 in the air, and uh, five or six catches, 12 to 13 points. So Hubbard looked good. One thing that concerns me is Royce Freeman looked good too. I'm, I'm not sure if Royce Freeman's you know bad at football. So we'll see how those touches shake out. Uh, funny enough, Royce Freeman got picked up by Fegley this week. For twenty four dollars, which somehow is not the most money Fegley's ever spent on Royce Freeman in this league, um, <laughs> which is just funny. Um, if you guys all remember that draft in Fegley's basement, uh, but I like. I mean, I think Hubbard gets close to ten, just because they will probably throw him a couple passes. He will kind of take some of those McCaffrey touches. Um, but I do think Caroline is going to have to throw the ball to stay in this game. I think we could see Robbie Anderson potentially bounce back this week. Um, it'll depend on where Trayvon Diggs lines up. 
he is an outstanding cornerback, and if he's going to follow DJ Moore around, that'll help out Marshall and uh, and Anderson. So I think they're going to have to use their receivers more than their running backs in this one. Talk about the park. We talked about Cooper Cup. Uh, are you guys concerned about his counterpart, Bobby Trees? I I am very very concerned. Um, I think it like Phil touched on earlier. Defenses are going to adjust, and it's going to have to turn a little bit where where Wood starts being a little more productive. But man, I had I thought last week was going to be the week for him, and I mean he just was not really part of the game plan. They they didn't really try to get him involved all that much. He ends with three for thirty three. Um, thought it was going to be a big big woods day um i'm not sure that he's not i mean i'm, I'm pretty sure he's going to turn it around I, I don't know that it's going to be nearly as big as we're accustomed to seeing though um i, I think uh cup plays for the rest of the way and, and woods is more of your back end wide receiver two and top end flex play I think he'll bounce back. I don't, I don't know if it's this week, but I, I mentioned earlier, I think he'll be fine rest of season, but he could still continue to struggle for the next few weeks. you, you got to get some balance here in the second half. I think Woods notoriously kills Arizona, so he could have a good game this week. But the problem in my mind in the in the Rams' offense is as long as Deshaun Jackson's healthy, McVay's going to want to showcase what he does well. And Deshaun Jackson, at 35 or whatever, still may be the fastest player in the NFL somehow. Um, and Van Jefferson's a damn good wide receiver too. And then they have Tyler Higby at tight end. So there's a lot of mouths to feed mm-hmm. in this Rams offense, which hurts. Um, Woods will have you know, one or two really big games just because that's what he does. Um, but he's not really an end zone threat. And even in week one, I think his stat line got bailed out with a touchdown. So I think he has a good game this week against Arizona just because I think he normally does well against them. But, um, yeah, there's there's definitely not enough footballs to go around with all the star power on the Rams offense, which is uh, not a good sign for Sure and Bobby Trees. Who do you guys have winning the Mad Dogs versus Abusement Park? Sure, not off to a good start. Joe Mixon only 1.9 in the first half. Yeah, Park, uh, we're probably hoping for uh, for much more than that. and They're going to need it. This Mad Dogs team is loaded. <clears throat> um, very good team. Um, I'm going to go with the Mad Dogs to continue and roll on to 4-0 and... and and put the uh, post-draft favorite back in a familiar spot here. Uh, I like Sure. And it's mostly driven by the running back position and thinking Woods, I'm swayed by what Kaz said. I think Bobby Trees shows some kind of a pulse this weekend. And I love Waller over Higby. Barkley, Mixon, and Chubb versus Hilaire and Hubbard. Give me sure. I think it's a close one. Well, I have to look at the quarterback play since it comes down to who wins the quarterback battle. 
And while I think Dak has a good game, I'll definitely take Patrick Mahomes um, against a poor Eagles secondary. Coming off two losses um, with Andy Reid returning back to Philadelphia. Mahomes, huge game. Um, I think Hilaire punches one in two. And I think the Mad Dogs get to four and out. Bonus question. Will or how frequently will Andy Reid be booed this weekend? He's not going to get booed. <laughs> He's not going right. to get booed. We'll see. No way Andy Reid gets booed. What? They, they boo everything. He didn't leave them. You're talking about the dumbest sports fans on the planet. Correct. <laughs> They're not booing. No <laughs> that are going to be blackout drunk. No shot. No shot. All right. Stone Cold Lock of the Week. No booing at the Eagles game. Well, there, there will be booing. It's just not going to be for Andy Reid. <laughs> they might offer him a contract by yeah. the end of the games. Nick, Nick Sirianni looks like an extra in the new Sopranos movie. <laughs> All right, game of the Can't week. That game of the week. Flock versus Teabag. Two three and zero squads. Uh, I think the two top teams in the league right now. We'll start off with the flock. Can Jason maintain this run? Um, if Jonathan Taylor doesn't get going, currently he's like running back forty, I think, on the season or something, something close to that. Running back thirty. Yeah, been a been a slow start for Taylor. Obviously, uh, hasn't been able to get in the end zone, which is kind of leading to that. Um, but also was thrown in there. Pretty good Rams defense that he had to go up against in week two. Um, kind of a tough divisional matchup at Tennessee last week. So I think Taylor picks it up rest of the way. To answer your question, um, yeah, he's going to need, I believe, Taylor to do so. He's going to need that, what we figured was going to be probably bottom end RB1 production um, in order to keep, uh, keep this pace up. Yeah, I agree. Taylor is going to need to start performing to somewhere near his draft level because a lot of this has been driven by Lockett having a great season, which is great, but we know what's looming in the second half of the season for, for all those Seahawks fantasy players, and it's not good. He needs him to get going. Yeah, Swift has carried him too right now, and despite... Uh, you never know if, when the Philadelphia District Attorney make him calling on him. Um, that may hurt DeAndre Swift's value. That's that hasn't been talked about by anyone. Like, are you guys? <laughs> I know Shane knows about it. Phil, you yeah. saw that stuff. Uh, I've seen a few things on it, and yeah, I agree. It's been very <laughs> underreported, and I'm surprised it's not grabbing more of the headlines. They're too busy talking about. Um, the contracts LeBron James was offered by Jerry Jones and Pete Carroll during the NBA lockout. That's right. Does anyone want right. to anyone want to tell LeBron that Pete Carroll's not a general manager? He can't offer people contracts. <laughs> um, I, I was shocked to see LeBron tooting his own horn while on Monday Night Football. Oh my God! It, it <laughs> no, no one, no one loves LeBron James more than LeBron James. Man and cast He's is so courageous. outstanding, though. Um, not to take away from, let's talk about the teabag. Uh, Lamar Jackson, over under his 24.5 point average this week at Denver. 
I know how Shane feels about teams going to Denver to play. Yeah, toughest place to play in the league. Um, I'm going to go under because I think he throws two picks. And just not going to get to 24 and a half with minus six on the card. I also think it's under. He gets it done on the ground, but this is one of those really bad passing outings from Lamar Jackson where we all look at each other and question, is this guy someone that can actually play quarterback in the NFL? And then we forget about it in two weeks when he's in a primetime game and he plays ball. Well, Mike Greenberg did tell me that Lamar Jackson's a good quarterback. I'll go over 24 and a half. Um, I think he throws two and runs one in. Who do you guys have winning the game of the week? Uh, right now, looks like the flock are nine-point favorites over Take Your Ball and Go home. What do you got, Phil? Mm. I like Herbert, and we know what the numbers say on the quarterback position. I think Lockett has a big week again. He might not play either, but... Yeah. I will say, if Swift, Lockett, Gibson, and Taylor all play... Give me the flock. This guy swarmed. Yeah. Um, scour the matchups. Don't really like my prospects as far as my matchups this week. Um, I think this one's the flock, and it's not close. I think this is another stinker from T-Bag this week. Um, yeah, we're, we're going to get beat up pretty good. Um, well, I think Shane should put... Melvin Gordon in for Trey Sermon. I think that'll help. Um, but with that being said, I will take Take Your Ball and Go Home. This feels like a division title, possibly a points title, and a second place finish year for Take Your Ball and Go Home. <laughs> um, just, just what they do in years that they're good. Um, and I think he uh, I think he gets to 4-0 this week. We got about I look forward to seeing what kind of assets he's going to add at the deadline that'll get hurt for the playoffs. <laughs> got about four <laughs> minutes left. Um, anything you guys want to talk about? No, I was just, I was just going to say, uh, pretty uh, pretty weird start to the season here, where we have seven teams sitting at one and two. Um, really makes <laughs> makes things interesting. I mean, you got three three and zero teams, two and one. Phil sitting at two and one, and then. Seven seven squads behind that. I mean, right now the playoffs is, is under five hundred. Um, obviously, things it's early and things are going to shake out how they do, but um, really leaves it up in the air. Especially as <clears throat> talking to you. I mean, you're zero and three, but you're literally a game behind the playoffs right now. So it's going to be one of those years where maybe six and eight, seven and seven gets you gets you a playoff spot. Don't say that, Shane. Because if you say that, that decreases the likelihood of us having future loser league town matchup. I know. And we, we got to keep those going. Week, week four, when you're only a game out of the playoffs, is probably a little too <laughs> early for those. Maybe a little premature. 
It's just uh, just podcast content. It doesn't have to be true. It's just supposed to make people smile. That's all it is. <laughs> How are the viewership numbers going this year? <laughs> um, I don't know. They've, they've dropped by one. Yeah. <laughs> That's 50%. Yeah. And possibly two if he makes Mamaka stream it on hers while he's, while he's listening as well. He's probably still listening. Lots of, uh, lots of good feedback from the weekly recaps, though. So. Yeah, they've been nice. I like them. I like, I like the ones on our on, on our game last week. It was <laughs> shut up. It's over. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really feel like writing. I didn't about even that. send any dick text messages or anything like that. No, no, it, it's it's incredible. I could very easily be three and zero this year. It's just it, <laughs> uh, you're the fifth highest scoring team in the league. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we but should because of your had you had another schedule, you would be three and zero. We should start to think about getting some points-based uh, standings in there, something like that. So, Ugh. this is a matchup right. league. If you don't like it, plenty <laughs> others you can join. It's true. <laughs> it's very true. It's very true. In all, all right. seriousness, though, I think that would be something good to add at some point. We'd have to. We'd have to move platforms. So that we can't do it on ESPN. So that's okay. Um, and you know a lot of people are going to sleeper for their fantasy platform but I've been in fantasy leagues where we went to a weird website that wasn't ESPN and it really hurt the the gameplay so I don't know yeah I, ESPN does a good job they're, yeah they, they, they I think are the best uh, in terms of just visual presentation um, not necessarily the best in terms of quality but you know, whenever you can look at your team and very easily get a video from Matthew Barry about how your player might do, you have to take advantage of that. So, guy loves it. All right. Well, can I bring Greenberg over for some <laughs> of those videos? No, no. Uh, thank you both for joining me. This was fun. Happy to talk week four with you guys. Best of luck to everybody, and we will talk to you next week.